0: Are you sick and tired of high electricity bills, anywhere from $200 per month or higher? Do you own a home or business and have been looking for a reputable solar company to give you a no-pressure-free quote? Well, contact Ethical Solar Solutions today and see why hundreds of people are saving thousands of dollars every year making the switch to solar without spending a dime out of pocket. Get your obligation-free quote today. In this episode, I sit down with American Muay Thai legend and media personality, Sean Fagan, also known as the Muay Thai guy. We sit down and dive deep into Sean's journey of growing up in upstate New York, to moving to Thailand to pursue a Muay Thai career, which led to Sean finding a very interesting niche business that allows him to travel the world and do what he loves. This is his story. We are live ladies and gentlemen welcome back to get lost with nick hefke today we have a very very special guest with us today it is the muay thai guy sean fagan straight from new york sean please introduce yourself brother well first off nick thanks
1: so much for having me uh thanks for the introduction it means a lot man it's humbling it's uh crazy but I, i'm sean fagan i'm uh newly retired pro Muay Thai fighter living in upstate New York. I just moved back from Thailand after spending uh, over three years there, just pursuing my fight career. Before then I was fighting in New York and doing Muay Thai and then reverse engineer it to the, when I first started was uh back in like 2011. I'll just go right into it. Is that cool? I'm just fucking go right into please. it. Please. I'll let All you right. start brother. Let's do it. So back in, 2011 is when I first found Muay Thai. And when I found Muay Thai, I, I read it. Long story short, I got fired from my job. I was kind of lost. My my best friend just died re- recently. I think was I was when I was 18. And so it really just put things in perspective. And so I started training martial arts because that was something that always scared me, just fighting and all that kind of stuff. And it eventually led to me finding Muay Thai uh, through MMA, essentially. And then I read the book, The Fighter's Heart which was by Sam Sheridan. Awesome book. Uh, I haven't read it for a while but when I read it it was very impactful because that gave me the idea of traveling to Thailand to fight and kind of test myself. And at the same time I also read The 4 Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss. Yep. And that was the first time that it kind of like opened my mind to the idea of like oh I can make a living like anywhere. That would be so cool to like live the fighter's heart and be able to sustain it because I knew fighters didn't get paid so I won a poker tournament online for like 15 grand. Once my once I got fired from my job, my girlfriend broke up with me. <laughs> what
0: and, uh, that's the, our lease
1: was ending. And so I was like, fuck, I'm going to Thailand. So I went to Thailand and uh, had my first three fights. And then after my third fight, I just remember making the decision that this was the direction. This is where I want to take my life. And if I was going to make money doing it and enjoy doing it. I uh, needed to get paid. So I needed to make sure I started some type of online presence. And it took a long time to figure out. I'm still figuring this shit out. Yeah. But uh, it's been quite the journey, man. And I want to trade it for the world.
0: Dude, I love it. That is super badass. So 2011 is when you first made your first trip to Thailand. Am I understanding that correctly? So we're going back at least 10 years when you had your first trip to Thailand. Say, man, I, I, I had my first time in Thailand in 2013, but I just wanted to kind of reverse a little bit further. So prior to going to Thailand, prior to getting involved in Muay Thai, had you trained martial arts at all previous to that, or were you a complete, fresh, blank canvas?
1: I was a blank canvas, man. I mean, I tell people my martial arts training was like hockey. That's where okay. I got like, my, my fight experience from. I played hockey growing up. Oh, and, hell yeah. Dude. Uh, I, I played team sports. So I was always an athlete, you know, but I never did martial arts. So I always thought they were kind of corny, like karate and taekwondo and that <laughs> kind of stuff. And uh, I don't know. I just always shied away from my confrontation. I, I was never like a big kid. I was a skinny kid growing up. And so it was easy for me to kind of get picked on and bullied on. And I played in all the sports teams, but I was still a smaller guy. So I just felt like I had something to kind of prove, you know, but I started doing boxing Cause my friend kind of just brought it up like he he was going to a boxing gym, like I should come. So I was like, fuck it. I went to a boxing gym <laughs> when I was maybe like 17 and uh just liked it. And uh it was fun. And then I had my first like sparring session, which was horrible. I had my nose broken in like the first like 30 seconds. And I was like, Oh, I don't know if I want to do this anymore, you know. But um I like the challenge of it, you know. It was just always really insightful to uh find out more about myself by being pushed to the the physical and mental brink. Uh, if you will. And so the the addiction came from just like the amount of growth that I would see every time I stepped in the ring or had a hard training session it was just it seemed like a tool for growth and I just became addicted after that.
0: Dude, I love it. So dude, I mean walk me through what got you to make the first step and why Thailand? And afterwards, also explain to me a little bit about how that experience all came together. Like walk me through what it was like taking that first step into Thailand and finding the first gym that you were initially going to start training at. And, you know, especially if you've never traveled or had visited Thailand prior to that, what was all that like going into a completely new country, especially a culture like Thailand?
1: Yeah, it's bizarre, man. When I, uh, <laughs> I've i been doing a lot of reflecting recently because of just the way life has kind of twisted and turned and how I'm back in the States. And uh, it, it's just so crazy how normal things are for me now, like being in Thailand. But when I first went back, if I think about when I first went back, uh, everything was so bizarre. You know, it's just a whole different world over there. It's just oh, the, yeah. the culture is uh, more laid back and which is something I really uh, enjoyed especially uh the fight culture. So let me just go back to the original question. Why Thailand, right? Yes. Uh because I I trained MMA, right? And so I really like the stand up. I, I just enjoyed Muay Thai and boxing a lot more than I enjoyed jiu-jitsu and wrestling. It's just like each to their own, you know. I understand Sweet, and I appreciate the the like skill and the toughness and the athleticism you need for that shit, but uh I don't know, it's just I just wasn't taken to it. And so Muay Thai and boxing was like a natural, like, oh, I could feel like I can get good at this. And then uh, after reading The Fighter's Heart, uh, it just kind of romanticized his whole experience in Thailand. And I was like, that sounds so cool. And then I also read uh, back in the day when like blogs were a thing, right? It was fightpassport.com by Bill Forstel. I'm not sure if it's still around. Okay, um, but he documented his travels throughout Thailand training Muay Thai. I was like, this is so cool. That sounds like s- such a fun experience. And so I kind of wanted to make my own version of that. And so that's when I went to Thailand. Um, uh, I was still trying to figure out what to do with my life. You know, I was like a personal trainer. I had some cool jobs, man. I was a, I was an ice skating instructor at one point. I was a baseball nice. instructor. <laughs> I was a lifeguard. I was a server. And then, uh, I was a kid's martial arts instructor as well. And so, Okay. Long story short, Thailand was just like the, the pinnacle of Muay Thai. And if I was going to want to really excel at it and be the Muay Thai guy, you know, and like actually know what the fuck I'm talking about, I'll probably <laughs> have to go to where the sport originated and actually immerse myself in it. Oh, hell so yeah. that's where I started doing my trips there. I went pretty much yearly, uh, more or less, for the first few years. Uh, I eventually convinced my girlfriend to come with me for six months uh my now wife and then after that i've we we moved back to new york we worked and did all that stuff uh saved money and then i started making money online with muay thai guy and so it gave me the ability to live wherever i wanted because of all the uh initial investments of work and right sacrifice and all that kind of stuff right it finally was bearing fruit so i was like fuck let's just move to thailand because our money goes so much further in thailand as well um to give you some like context in like New York, so even upstate New York where I live, if you rent like a one bedroom apartment, it's like at least fifteen hundred US dollars, right? And for the same price, you can get like a four bedroom villa, sea view, <laughs> yeah.
0: you know. And then oh, yeah. also, like $5 have you also Thailand, my happy brother. <laughs> yeah, and so
1: it's the the quality of life. Uh, your money goes a lot further. And I wasn't making a lot of money, but I was making enough money to know that like, oh, it would go a lot further in Thailand. Plus it would eliminate a lot of expenses in the US. And so then I just decided to do that because uh, with the support of my wife and my dogs and all this kind of stuff, it was just, uh, it felt like the the natural next step to move there. And then we moved there. We spent uh, the past three years there. COVID hit. And honestly, it was probably one of the the better places to be during COVID. Oh, yeah. um, I know it was. I was. Uh, I, was jealous, I can't imagine bro. what it was like in New York. I talked to my family and friends, bro. And I was in LA. Miserable,
0: Sean. I was in LA, bro. I literally yeah. got there day one of COVID. So I was. I was. I was living in Australia for the last eight years and lived in Thailand for a year. And um, I came to the U.S. to expand an already established solar business. I was in the solar industry um, for a good two years, and we'll get into that, especially how that all started. And Thailand is a big reason for all of that, and the story is absolutely ridiculous. Um, But long story short, I had to go to expand the business. There was one flight left going out of Brisbane, and after that, they were shutting off all flights back to the U.S. because of COVID. And I had to get on that flight and get to Los Angeles to get the business all up and running and get it started. And I was only supposed to be there for a one-month feasibility study. And lo and behold, two and a half, almost two and a half years later, I'm in New York right now. Um, But yeah, dude, throughout that time, I was stuck in LA for five months in lockdown. And for an absolute chronic pothead who's got the worst ADHD on planet Earth... You know what I mean? You can tell what I was doing for the last, for 24 hours, 23 <laughs> hours. I had one hour of gym time. <laughs> there we go. But, but yeah, so I'm sorry to interrupt you. Tell me a little bit more about no. Thailand and what brought you back, especially over with COVID and what that was like. I didn't have too many friends left in Thailand throughout that period.
1: Well, we moved there in 2019. Yeah, and I ended up having a bunch of fights. Things were going well. We were hosting retreats and that kind of stuff. And life was good, you know? And then, then COVID happened and... It, obviously things just changed. Thailand was a little late to uh, get everything. They, they locked up pretty quickly. I know Um, visas and stuff were, were a bitch, but everything was worked out in one form or another, but we were planning on living in Thailand anyway. So the fact that we, we actually talk about like the quality of living and like how far your money goes. When COVID hit, we had, we were literally on the sea. We had a house that was on the sea. And where I first started, uh, filming fighters' body workout. Actually, in the video behind you, yeah, that house that I was uh, staying at. Look how and, sick that uh, is, everybody! It was sick. It was so, it was <laughs> so, so cool, sick. and it had like this uh, <laughs> open air training studio and everything. Oh so my when god! When COVID happened, I was like, well, if I'm going to be stuck anywhere, this yeah. one's pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. And like, so I, I kept that like rooted in, in gratitude and being able to understand that I'm in a really fortunate situation. When I talk to my family back home, it seemed wow. especially during the winter, New York winter sucks. And Horrible. so and with lockdown and all the uncertainty going on, wow. I'm, I'm, I can imagine it was really tough. Uh, Thailand was tough, but we, we had a lot of, uh, we, it was nice weather, you know, Thailand, we bro. good setup. <laughs> uh, Liz and I both work online. And so, we were in a really good situation. And so actually right before COVID is when I started filming, uh, my fighter's body Academy, which is like an at-home workout program. I started that January. I launched that January, 2020 before I even knew like COVID was happening and then COVID happened and it was just like the perfect fit and it gave me something to do. So I was just filming workouts like every single day and adding them to the fighter's body. And, uh, while everyone was stuck in quarantine, they were doing it alongside with me. It was really cool. It was good to have that online community uh, right. during a crazy time in, in human history. It was
0: crazy, dude. So, where in Thailand were you based at the time?
1: Uh, we lived in Koh Phangan at the time. Uh, it's yeah. known for
0: like the full moon party and stuff. Oh
1: yeah, uh, it, it's it's a really interesting uh, dynamic island. Let's say it that way. I've um, shaved a few years
0: off my life in Copenhagen. Ph- that's for sure.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a different <laughs> spot. It's a really magical spot. Yeah. Uh, it, it got a little uh, dull, not dull. It's just when you're somewhere for so long and there, one thing about Koh Phangan and Koh Samui and, and a lot of the southern islands in Thailand is when you're training at a Muay Thai gym and you're living life there, the, the cool thing is meeting new people all the time, right? Couldn't agree and anymore. Then, yeah, and then it stopped, right? And so it became a really stagnant energy. Uh, people were dealing with like mental health and just money yeah. and all this kind of stuff and so there was a lot of just weird energy and so we ended up moving to uh ko samui just to switch it up and because we we took a, a vacation there just to get off uh on, and uh i was just looking on facebook at marketplace and i saw some of these villas I was like, it's so crazy it's, <laughs> it's so, so cheap you know <laughs> and i was like we should move to ko samui and i was like <laughs> and then we then we moved to ko samui and uh we were there for the past year uh training as super pro and uh they're great over there definitely recommend uh super pro Sumuri diamond muay Thai, i trained a lot of yep. that um rid is uh in on uh the owner is choke he was a former trainer at diamond he opened up his own gym he's doing well but nice. uh, yeah man it's just been just talking about this out loud because i haven't even like voiced a lot of what's been happening and right. uh it's just crazy man life's
0: fucking nuts I know, dude. Samui, like, I, I think back of it all the time. And, like, bro, I miss those days so much. D- have you ever heard of Rocky Ogden? Does he ring a bell? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, Rocky used to have a gym in Koh Samui. And um, it was Rocky Muay Thai. This was back in 2018, 2017-ish. Mm-hmm. I think it was, like, a couple years prior to COVID. And um, I trained with Rocky for a few years in Australia with John Wayne Parr over at Boonchu. So... Nice. Yeah, dude. So that that that's where I trained for three years, and that's where I was hoping and expecting to keep and continuingly train throughout mm-hmm. COVID because the Gold Coast was one of the best places in the world to be in at the time. That's you know, like really. Muay Thai like, center, you know? Yeah, dude. And on top of that, like the restrictions for a majority of COVID in Queensland wasn't too bad. So, mm-hmm. dude, I'm in L.A. literally just completely dead in regards to smoking myself stupid all day. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd see boss rooting for an hour where I'd go and train with him and we'd do some bang Muay Thai and get some Dutch kickboxing. Oh, sweet, And, man. and I was training with Dr. Jason Park. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, You so, got a good, uh, oh, yeah. uh coaches <laughs> yeah. and
1: stuff that you've worked
0: with. Man. <laughs> yeah. awesome. Dude, I got lucky, man. I got lucky. Um, when I got to LA, when they all like, um, when they all shut down, I was still able to get in contact with these guys on Instagram and just DM them. And, you know, we were figuring out ways to still be compliant with regulations and shit like that. We'll either, you know, train over at the house that I was staying in or, you know, somewhere where we were outdoors, obviously not getting in shit with L.A. County and all the craziness. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, dude, like so I literally have an hour with them each day and the rest of the day is just sit back home and just pretty much do nothing and wait until time just goes over. And brother, I was missing Thailand. I was literally like just texting all my friends being like, what can we do to get into Thailand right now? I'm not doing my quarantine here. Australia not letting me back. I'm locked out. So what's the next option? And it's like, yeah, you're going to have to quarantine in two weeks on a state approved hotel in Bangkok. I'm like,
1: Yeah, they're they're opening up now. So like I just went back uh in March to get my dogs uh and bring them back. That was a whole fucking thing. Dude, you gotta tell uh, me about that. That's crazy. I can imagine I can imagine It it wasn't as bad as I uh expected it to be, but it was it was a little stressful. But anyway, uh when you're going back to Thailand, if you're vaccinated, it's just a one uh night quarantine and then you're free to go. You just have to like check in with an app. And uh, I'm pretty sure that they're working towards like June or July, just having no restrictions uh, or very, very minor. Or I, I don't know what they're doing, but uh, Thailand's been a little slow to act with yeah. uh, letting uh, tourists back in and everything. And that's definitely affected the, the local community, local tourist community specifically. And uh, but hopefully things open back up again. And I can't wait to go back. I probably won't go back until 2023
0: or 2024. Wow. But, um, Dude, I I'm- love Thailand. Me too, brother. I miss it so much. That's my that's my third home in the world. I uh I lived in Koh Lanta for just under a year. Koh Lanta and Koh Phi P. Did you spend much time in Koh Phi P? No, I did like a bit like a day trip there, but
1: I, I didn't spend a lot of time down in the uh, Phuket <laughs> area like that. Uh what was it, the Anaman Sea? Like that. Yes.
0: Okay. Well, dude, that was my first business out of college. So oh, really. Yeah, dude. I uh, I got firsthand experience on what it was like being an entrepreneur or try to be entrepreneur in Thailand. Um, I, uh, I had just finished my MBA in Australia. And um, I literally was, I told one of my buddies, I was like, hey, man, I really want to start Yacht Week Thailand. Have you ever seen the Yacht Week in Croatia? No. So uh, picture an eight person sailing yacht. And Uh, I'm trying to kind of create a rough idea, but it's an eight-person sailing yacht, and imagine about 13 of them going out in Croatia at the same time with people anywhere from 18 to 35 years old. And you sail across all of the Instagram-worthy and, like, super sick islands in Croatia, and all you do is party and just get fucked up and have a good time, and, (laughs) you know, you just experience life and just enjoy, right? Mm -hmm. And they have like, they literally like dock the yachts and like these little sailing yachts in like a circle and they throw like a massive festival in the center of them. So I was like, bro, I want to do that in Thailand so bad. So, you know, I'm talking to some of my buddies and I'd already visited Thailand quite a few times. I'd always went there on holiday. I did a Kung Fu retreat, uh, up there in Chi, in Pai. So four hours North of Chiang Mai. And, uh, I did that doing Kung Fu and that was my first martial arts experience in Thailand. Uh, Jeff Chan and I were talking about it on a, an earlier episode, and he brought a lot of positive info about you. So that you know, you initially inspired him to get started, and he was able to learn so much from you. And you know, you ha- you were one of those game breaking kind of people who walked into his life to allow him to get to where he's at too, which is super badass. So, so long story short, I'm telling my buddies, I'm like, I'm moving to Thailand and I'm starting Yacht Week Thailand, right? And all my buddies are like, you are off your chops. Like, what do you Everyone's
1: Everyone's going to think that. Everybody's
0: going to think that, that, bro. Right? So I get down to PP and I'm, you know, I'm networking. I'm talking to some of my buddies. And one of my good friends who I initially met my first year backpacking Australia in 2012, he went to Thailand because I told him, I was like, bro, you need to go to Koh Tao, Koh Yang, hit up PP, go up north to Pai. If you're a crazy psycho, go to Pattaya. Go and shave some years off your life and enjoy Thailand, right? And lo and behold, he goes to Thailand. He goes to Koh Yang, and he meets one of the... I wouldn't he's this Aussie dude who owned one of the largest party hostels on p at that point in time. This was like 2016. So I go down, I talk to him, I'm like, "Bro, what are your thoughts about yacht week Thailand?" And dude, he just picks me apart. Literally, he's just like Horror, like, no way, I, no way it's going to work. Like, the logistics, the yada, yada, yada. Because at the time, he had a one day booze cruise through Maya Bay. So, like, that's where you'd go to Monkey Bay, uh, Maya Bay, the caves, and uh, Pile Lagoon. And you would travel around Copy uh, P and you would just get fucked up and party for a good four hours. Right. So I'm like, hey, man, this is the fir- this is the perfect guy to network around. So I, I tell him about the idea and he just shoots me down. He's like, nope, not the logistics is a problem. Doing business in Thailand's always sketchy. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, you got to be careful. So my grandma passes away and she lived in uh, Schenectady, New York. So, she, cool yeah, yep, not too far. So I had to go home and attend her funeral and go through the services, because at that time, I was planning on living in Thailand. So, I'm supposed to go back to Australia and sit my graduation, and that's for my MBA, and I was also helping um, put together a TEDx event at UNSW, University of New South Wales in Sydney. So, I had to go there around the June to <clears throat> April time and get all of that situated, So, I headed up to New York City. I've got a flight over China Airlines or China Southern Airlines going uh, JFK directly through China over into Bangkok. And then I'm going to spend two weeks there and then go back to Australia, sit my graduation. And I was going to work out there and get my postgraduate work visa. I'm on the train about to head over to Thailand. I get a call from a buddy of mine who works at Southwest, one of my best friends. He's like, Hey, bro. I'm in Mexico city right now. It's your birthday next weekend. If I can get you on a standby flight, are you down? I'm like tacos sounds like a good opportunity right now. So I literally go to JFK airport. I fake food poisoning to one of the doctors in the airport, because if you have a doctor approved medical condition, then you can, ex- you can postpone your, your uh, flight without having to buy another flight. So I fake it. I'm able to get the excuse. I push my flight back two weeks. I head to Mexico City. I meet my buddies and I end up spending two weeks there and I'm supposed to head back to New York. Two weeks later, come by. I get a call from that same guy that I was with over in PP. And he's like, hey, man, I'm actually in Costa Rica right now and we're going to travel Central America for a little bit. Like, do you want to come down? I'm like, well, I right, fucked up my graduation, so yeah, let's see if I can postpone my flight again. <laughs> so like, I'm in Mexico City, I'm in Mexico City Airport, and I'm about to get on a flight to JFK to have that connecting flight. I go directly into the doctor's office, I fake the same shit that I did there, and the doctor's like, okay, yeah, we can write you a thing, but you're going to have to get a shot in the ass. <laughs> so I'm like, Fucking, are you kidding me, mate? So I fucking get the shot. <laughs> I get the note. I postpone it a month. I go and meet my buddy over in Costa Rica. We see. We meet up in San Jose. Go down to Tamborino, and then go to La Fortuna. And dude, after fucking fifteen beers later, I look at him like Yacht Week Thailand. I'm like, bro, Yacht Week Thailand. He's like, you know what? Now that I think about it a little bit more, I think this could work. So take that idea of that booze cruise, the one-day booze cruise to Maya Bay, and basically what we did was we expanded that to a seven-day experience on a 70-foot catamaran yacht. And instead of just going to Maya Bay, you go to 13 islands across the Andaman Sea. You party at a different new party island every single night. And you have unlimited alcohol on the boat. You have all your meals except for one so that you can go and experience whatever it is that you want. You have a full tour guide. I mean, yeah, dude, it was insane and out of control, beyond out of control. <laughs> it like, got yeah, real bad. So I moved down to Thailand, and that's, how, that's why I went down there in the first place was to get all that stuff worked out. And I had my first experience of what it's like to do business in Thailand. And holy it's rough, shit, it's, tough. it's fucking rough, man. Yeah. It's rough. And then right after that experience, I got on the next flight to the Gold Coast again. And the next day, I walked into Bunchu Gym and met John Wayne Par. Sounds
1: like a crazy up and down roller coaster, man. <laughs> yeah.
0: Thailand, dude, living out there, had the experience But I mean, just seeing your experience and seeing the way that you've been able to grow and leverage what you've been able to do so far to become a YouTube legend, to have a strong presence online, to really be one of those centerpieces or center, I guess, examples. Why don't you talk to me a little bit about some of those Muay Thai retreats and tell me a little bit how that all came together? So they just kind of happened
1: organically. Uh, Someone from Costa Rica reached out to me at the jungle's edge where we currently host the, the Muay Thai vacations retreats and just threw the idea at me of doing a Muay Thai retreat. And this was back uh fucking years, man. I, I don't know, but this was back in like 2015, maybe. And um, yeah, you know, we've been doing it for like seven years, seven or eight years. And I was like, hell, like I get paid to travel and teach people Muay Thai. It sounds cool. Let's dude, do it. Dude, dude. So, uh, so <laughs> I did that for a few years. The first retreat we had four people. Second retreat we had five, and <laughs> I was losing money like doing these trips, essentially. But it was still a lot of fun, and I knew if I just stuck with it, that eventually I turned into something. And so after that, um, I also got reached out by a gym in Thailand, Khon Tha Gym, which is owned by uh, Matthew Dean. He's uh, he's like a celebrity there. He does a lot of the uh, the ring announcing. And that yep. kind of stuff anyway we hosted retreats there then too i was like oh shit like we can just host retreats anywhere if we wanted to as long as there's a muay thai gym around you know and so that gave me the idea of continuing to kind of branch out so we ended up hosting retreats in spain and greece and thailand <sighs> uh and it's been crazy man because like Like I said, we started with four people. Now they sell out at like 25 to 30 people, depending on the group. And then we also had our, when we had our first retreat in Greece, uh, my wife and I got married at the end of the retreat and then all the retreaters came and uh, celebrated (laughs) with us. So it was like really a cool experience. And then, uh, yeah. And just being able to share people or show people around like spots of the world that we love so much. And uh, Nosara Costa Rica is one of them. We absolutely love it down there. We just came back uh a few months ago or a couple months ago shit when did i go uh january <laughs> I yeah i was in, i was in costa rica in january uh we hosted two retreats it was so much fun and we wanted to keep doing more but my my wife's pregnant and so we that's why we moved back to the states and we're trying to get more qualified professionals to host the retreat so our friends Jake and Bryn who we trained out in Thailand with during covid for for a good two years who are solid uh solid practitioners and just like solid people they're just good people to be around um they're hosting the retreats in June, July and August and we're really excited for that cuz they're already starting to to fill up and everything and it's just going to be cool to see it continue to grow because one thing that really changed my life is travel and Muay Thai. And if I'm able to give that experience to more people and it could change their life or change their perspective or just make them feel good, then shit, I could do that, you know? And so I'm just trying to, uh, yeah, just go with the flow, do what feels good right now. Um, a lot of things have changed in life and, uh, yeah, but I'm super grateful and, uh, yeah, man.
0: man, I think it's super badass, and to anybody who's listening in on this who've always had a aspiration to want to travel but maybe needs a little push or, you know, has always had an interest in Muay Thai and, you know, or had both and just wanted to try and put the two together, I would highly recommend taking a look at one of Sean's retreats. I think they're super badass. Once, you know, once COVID is all transcended and gotten out of this, hopefully I can be able to join one of them one day, so I can't wait hopefully, to – Absolutely. And uh, it'd be super cool. But look, Sean, I want to try and wrap this up. So I just have a few more questions that I want to ask. You and I coming from upstate New York, I think it's really inspirational. And I find it very inspiring to see you make such a significant move to go to a place like Thailand, especially without really having much travel experience prior to going to Thailand and going and making that, okay, I'm going to go all in type of an approach. I'm going to make a significant step forward. And I'm actually going to execute on all of this. Now, what could be some advice that you would give another upstate New Yorker who might be dealing with similar to what you were going through in 2011 or 2010 when you were going through it and you're like, look, I need to make a change. So I'm just going to go and take a significant dive into the deep end and I'm going to go to Thailand, gamble on myself, and to see you be successful in what you're doing, like I said, is super inspirational. So, what could be some advice that you can give somebody else who comes from a very similar culture that you and I have, where traveling or moving to Thailand to pursue a Muay Thai career is not the normal, is a kind of, oh my God, this is kind of crazy. But now that you're looking at it from a successful standpoint, what could be some advice that you give that person?
1: That everyone will doubt you in the beginning. Yep. And like, everyone will think you're crazy. And uh, you just got to like hold fast and stay persistent. I mean, there's a lot of parallels to fighting and entrepreneurship. You know, there's a lot that you can control, but there's a lot that you can't control either. And so you just got to keep getting 1% better each and every day. And I mean, I just kind of fell into Muay Thai. I mean, maybe I didn't. I, I, I did a lot of introspective work and that really helped me figure out what I could see myself doing uh, with my life and like what I want to find out about myself, because I was in a place where my my best friend died, uh, my grandma died shortly after that. I'd never dealt with Forget death that. before. Um, my girlfriend broke like all all this bad, bad stuff. Right, it was kind of like happening, and so I was just numbing. I was just smoking like every day, killing Nazi <laughs> zombies on Call of Duty, you know. And that's like all turning into a zombie and just like not being able to function in society, you know. And so I eventually it's kind of like snapped out of it when I started to realize that I'm just kind of wasting my life. I remember playing uh, killing zombies uh, (laughs) high on my mind. And in the back of my head is like, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing here? Like, this is such a waste of time. And I remember after that day, I was like, you know what? I need to like get back to the gym, get back just moving and feeling good about myself. And then once I started doing that and just taking care of taking care of myself, then things started to fall into place, but like you really have to just like make sure that you're treating yourself good. You know, you're like giving yourself exercise, you're stretching, you're eating well, uh, you're having good social relationships. You're protecting your energy. I mean, this is, if you, you want to give me one piece of advice, I'm giving like all the advice possible.
0: Dude, throw <laughs> like- it on. Throw it on. Please,
1: please. I want people but, to hear this, but like, it's, it's just a, it's a long road. It's not easy. And it really just comes down to deciding, like making a conscious decision because there were so many times both in my fight career and my uh, entrepreneurship career where I was like, fuck this. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I I can't do this anymore. Like when I lost a a bad fight um, or I got an injury or I was broke and I had to ask my wife for money or whatever it is, there were these points where I was just like, I I just want to give up. But I always reverted back to my vision that I had for myself, which was to be free, to be able to do what I want, how I want to do it anywhere in the world, make good money doing it and be able to impact people's lives doing something that I enjoy doing. And as long as I stayed connected to that vision, no matter how hard this is so fucking cliche. No matter how hard life knocked me down, I always got back up, you know? <laughs> and uh, I always just stayed true to my to my vision. And so I guess if there's one piece of advice, I always come to this conclusion after I talk it out. Uh, one piece of advice to give someone is to get like really clear with what the fuck you want to do with your life and like the person that you want to become. And it's not going to come easy. It will be many, many rough traps, but you kind of have to figure out who you want to be and then, like, just start being that person right away. So like, I was afraid of traveling. I was afraid of fighting. I was afraid of a lot. And the fear kind of was a signal to me that I was like, maybe I should like explore this and see why am I even afraid of this. And like, and once I started exploring my fears, that's when the most amount of growth came. And then the the growth factor was like the the main. Uh, pull towards Muay Thai and like martial arts and same with entrepreneurship, you know? So yeah, get really fucking clear, know that no one's going to believe your ideas. And so you have to believe in them uh, more than you can imagine.
0: Dude. Well fucking said. I love that. I love that. That's amazing. But look, Sean, we're going to wrap this up. I've got one last question for you, brother. This is the same question I ask every person who comes on. It's okay if you take a little time to think about it. If there's one thing that you can be remembered for, what would it be?
1: I've been asked this question before, and I think my answer is the same. It's just being a genuine person, a genuine person who just like wants to just give back like i honestly do all this like obviously i want to make money and everything and get by but like the the transformations that i see people go through in like my fighters body academy or on the retreats or just the comments and emails i get online of how like i've been able to impact people's lives they lost weight they want to fight whatever it is um that's just and is intangible to even like put into words so Ultimately, I just want people to think like, oh, Sean was a – he was who he was. He was a cool dude, and he wanted to help, and uh, and now he loves dogs, and he wants to help all the
0: dogs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I fucking love it. So what kind of dogs do you have out of curiosity?
1: They're they're Thai street dogs. We adopted them. Uh, one Aww. is like a, a bank cow mix. She's super fluffy. Her name is Swoy, which means beautiful <laughs> in Thai. And then uh, Tilly is like a skinny little uh, Taiwanese dog. She's super athletic. She has one eye. Cause she was in a dog <laughs> fight and she's scared of the world, but she's oh. uh, adapting well here in the States. So, Dude, that's
0: awesome. I love it. I love it. You legend, mate. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to wrap this up right now. Again, thank you, Sean Fagan, the Muay Thai guy, YouTube legend, Muay Thai legend. Anybody, like I said, if you have any interest at all in going outside of your comfort zone and exploring a new area and learning an unbelievable martial art, one that has changed the both of our lives Definitely give Sean and his retreats a visit. I think these things would be super badass, and can't wait to be involved in them myself. So, Sean, do you have anything else that you'd like to say before we wrap this up? No, just thanks so much
1: for uh, giving me a platform and uh, wanting to know a little bit more about my journey. I appreciate the the love, man, and uh, I love your passion, man. I could uh, I can hear it <laughs>
0: and feel it, you know. Absolutely, and dude. I don't know where I'm going to be in the world in the next month now that the world's opening back up. But if I'm back in the Gold Coast, I hope to expect a visit from you. We'll go train with Wayne. We'll go and enjoy the Goldie. I'll show you a little bit more about Australia, and we'll do something stupid but appropriate. That sounds like a plan. (laughs) I love it. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Get Lost with Nick Hefty. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with all your friends.